Hello and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Dan Dimite, and I'm joined here with my brothers, Aaron Richards. Yes, and Brad Furon. <laughs> That's oh, the best. Man. Perfect start. I saw it coming. We... <laughs> hey, if you're joining us for the first time, uh, we are members of a missionary community named Damascus, and we are all about leading people to an encounter with Jesus that leads to mission. And this show simply takes our audience's questions, uh, answers our two cents. So we have our two cents here. We throw them in the jar. We give our two cents to the question you asked, and and then we each, at the end, share what we call mission momentum. It's how we tell you, our listeners, and uh, that's awkward. Like, we don't tell you. How we suggest. Yeah, yeah. That you how take, we demand. Yeah, we tell you because we are so smart. We suggest how you take this message into the momentum of your week on mission because we want you to live a missionary lifestyle with Jesus Christ. And so um, we're going to get started today. We have a, uh, a question before that. This is a show about mission that's on mission, and... Uh, the cool thing about that is that we have a mission partner who has generously offered $10 per new subscription. And that $10 goes to a camp scholarship to someone in need. So um, Damascus, we offer a, a ministry program called Catholic Youth Summer Camp. We want to get as many young people to have an encounter with Jesus as possible at camp. And so if you hit that silly subscribe button, um, it helps us reach more people, but it also allows us to raise $10 to send a child who can't afford to go to camp to be a camp. And so that makes a huge difference in someone's life. Okay, you guys ready for the question of the day? I'm ready. All right, Mr. Jack Parker, can you give us our question? Yeah. Uh, question of the week is, why do good people still need Jesus? Why do good people I like that one a lot. still need Jesus? Yeah. This is a great question. I, I love this because Whoa. I think it allows us to, uh, to really evangelize, right? Yeah. So I'll throw my two cents in. I think, mm. I think this is a natural question that a lot of people face. Like, okay, how do I evangelize this person who is pretty doggone good. Sometimes I feel awkward evangelizing someone who may actually be better than me in some areas of their life. Like I'm a mess. And, uh, so how do we know, uh, ultimately why do, why do people need, um, Jesus, even if you're good, it's because, uh, Jesus says so. Like I, we just have to be obedient to the word of God. This is what Jesus says in, in Mark chapter 16, the great commission. He says, um, go into the whole world and proclaim the gospel to every creature. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. Okay, so these, hmm. these stakes are pretty high. That uh -oh. We have a, a missionary mandate from Jesus Christ that we have to go into, every, uh, into the world and preach the gospel to every creature because uh, the stakes are massive. He who believes will be saved. He who doesn't will be condemned. And so the goal, Jesus didn't come simply to give us a moral theology or a ethic to, to live by. Mm -hmm. He came to give us salvation. And he says himself, I am the way, the truth, <laughs> and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And uh, I think this is hard for us to understand in today's world, but uh, out of obedience to the word of God, um, goodness, a good life is not the means to which we are saved. It is only through Jesus that we are saved. There's no merit, no, no, no excellency in ourselves. It is Jesus Christ who leads to salvation. And as Catholics, we believe they are only saved through baptism, right? Mm -hmm. And there can be baptism of water or baptism of desire. Um, but the baptism in Christ Jesus is the means by salvation. That's why Paul, he says, 
woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. The, 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 there's a, there's a mandate on us to preach the gospel. So, um, why do I still need, uh, Jesus if I'm a good person is because Jesus told us we need him for salvation, not for a good life here. He's the only path back to the father. He's the only path back to the father. And if, if we look at the flourishing of like life as everything that we could be, we have to, we have to return to the father. Like he's the one who created us. He knows what we were made to be more than we do. And if Jesus is the only path back to that, we are in, in indebted to him to share with everyone that that is the path by which they can get to the fullness of life. That, uh, that Mark chapter 16, verse 15 verse, that's one of my, one of my favorite verses to preach from in the, in the whole Bible. And, uh, it's so easy for us, even in the course of conversation to forget again, like that the stakes are high here. Um, you know, in, in the course of running a, uh, mission campus committed to the work of evangelization and being a part of a missionary formation program, like that, that it's, it's very clear and cut and dry what Jesus communicates here, that if you believe, then you will be saved. If you do not believe, then you will be condemned. Mm -hmm. There's no middle ground. There's no, like, if you believe you're saved, if you don't believe you're, you're condemned, but, but the people who are doing okay are, are, yeah, are gonna enjoy heaven with everybody else. Well, and there was uh, a church. Uh, there was a, a heresy in the church that basically says, as long as you're a good person, everyone goes to heaven, right? And it's that that's been announced as a heresy. It is not. It's not true, and that invades its way into our modern culture, especially here in America, where we're just like, yeah, as long as I'm basically a good person, I'll go to heaven. And that's not what Jesus says. That's not what the Word of God says. And and that doesn't excuse. That doesn't mean that the mercy of God doesn't extend upon everyone and God's going to not going to do everything mm-hmm. to to bring us into salvation but it does mean something about my call to be a missionary that sure. I have to share the the name of Jesus with others. Yeah, well we're just in such an individualistic culture where it's like, yeah, I've come to believe this, but I mean like you're okay if you're not. Like I don't want to force that on you because well, I also think that there is a, a false sense of liberty, you know, like a false sense of like, well, like let me just allow you to be free to discover it for yourself. And it's like, no, the only way by which someone discovers is by finding. And maybe the person they were supposed to find to tell them that the gospel, that the good news is the path back to the father was you. Yep. Like maybe you were the one that was supposed to say, Jesus, like I, I hear this a lot in, in the ministry world and it, it can frustrate me when it's like, we, we, we just explicitly play the long game. It's like, well, what do you mean? What do you mean by just explicitly playing the long game? Well, we just, we really accompany people. I'm like, yeah, I love that. I I'm all for accompaniment. Jesus accompanied 12 and he accompanied three and he accompanied 5,000 and he did that a little bit differently. But like, do you, do you eventually tell them the name of Jesus? They're like, well, that, that they'll, they'll learn that by our lives. It's like, (laughs) and by your word, like it's important. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think sometimes because we forget the stakes are high, we'll just fall into the comfort of like, well, it's hard to say that name because it really does draw a line in the sand, but it's like, yeah, yeah, that's the line. That's the line that Christians are supposed to draw in the sand. And the line that leads to salvation. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And in love. Okay. Right. Like we're not saying go and tell people like every, like, I don't think it's effective to stand on the street corner and say, everyone's burning in hell, repent and believe like, but I, no, I don't think it's the, (laughs) I don't think it's the path by which the most are saved, but I do think intentional (laughs) discipleship whereby I, I, let them know that faith in Jesus is critical is the best way. It's the way that Jesus chose. Like he, his, his plan for salvation is you and me living out 
yeah. mission in the world. I think there's something special about Jesus's name too, that if you share that with someone, you may not be received, but that name... It, that name will be on their heart at their death. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so when you Mm -hmm. share the gospel with someone, they're going to like at the moment of their death, even if they, they've, they've Mm -hmm. rejected it with their life and they're a good person, but they just, they haven't practiced a faith at the the moment of the death, that name is going to be there. Yes. I think that's the mercy that Jesus gives us. That's really good. I have my two cents. Um, why do good people still need Jesus? Good people still need Jesus because they're a unique, specific, and unrepeatable image of him back to the father. So like, if you don't, if you don't become all you were made to be in the spiritual life, the world is missing an angle of Jesus that they won't find until heaven. Mm -hmm. And so there's a supernatural element to this that we miss sometimes that Jesus, yes, he came to save us, to return us to the father. Yes. Jesus came so that we could be excellent and great. And like all those things. But Jesus also came that we might become him, not just like him, but become him. Like the, the idea of the mystical body of Christ, the church has long said that, that we're called to be an altar Christus, another Christ that, that Jesus, his example of his life is supposed to be lived out by Brad in a specific way that draws more people to him. And so if I don't, even if I'm good, like even if I'm virtuous and honest and like these things, but I don't believe in him, then there's no way to become him. And if I don't become him, there's not someone else that's Brad that's going to become that part of Jesus. And and if we really take the identity thing seriously, if we really take the the like the individual touch of God. Like when I look at my fingertips, like no one else has this series of fingerprints. No one has ever or will ever have this series of fingerprints that like specific detail that he puts, even in these physical features of us, he puts that in our souls too. He puts that in our, in our mission and what we're called to our vocation. We talk about that so often in the, in the church, the the call on my life. And even though all three of us are married, our, our husbandly, our fatherly vocation is different. And we can learn from one another, of course, but ultimately I'm supposed to be a unique aspect of Jesus in those calls. And if I'm just good and I don't know him, I can't be that. So I think that's supernatural element. I also think that Jesus is the one from whom grace flows. And so if I want to make the greatest impact in my life, spiritually speaking, then the greatest impact in my life isn't just by listening to people. It's by manifesting that grace, which comes through belief and well, through baptism, through continued cooperation with that grace and through a saintly life. Mm, That's beautiful. Love that. I got some two cents over here. Oh, jumping in. Okay. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing but net today. Okay. I Uh, just wonder like, Dan, By the end of the season, it. are you going Dan. to get better? Like we're not moving closer to excellence Dan. here. Dan. Okay, sorry. My <laughs> every week, every week I have I have a scheduled time to practice flipping coins, and every week something, something else comes scheduled. up. Oh, good. Okay, it's so we're just making excuses. One of these, That's one of these days. Okay, uh, I my. My life was transformed when I I heard uh, I I read um, Pope Benedict, who is uh, just an absolute giant mm-hmm. um, in his work in Deus Caritas Est, uh, when he wrote about the person of Jesus, um, and he has this this one amazing quote that that I always go back to time and time again. It says, "Being Christian is not the result of an ethical choice or a lofty idea." 
but the encounter with an event, a person which gives life a new horizon and a decisive direction. A new horizon and a decisive direction. If, if you've listened to the show for a while, you know one of Brad's favorite things to talk about is that uh, we believe in, in Catholicism, in this reality that we are actually made as another Christ, that we're made to fulfill ultimately that, that reality in our lives of, um, of becoming Christ, of, of, of divinization, mm-hmm. that, that men, um, that God became man so that man might become like God. Uh, the catechism even says that man might become God. God. And when we, when, when we, when we understand that and approach that level of, of realization, and when we see that evidenced in the lives of people who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus, I think it becomes sort of self-evident that, uh, the, the thing that, the thing that a relationship with Jesus offers you is worth everything, um, a relationship with Jesus, it will, it will transform you, right? That it will transform your weakness into strength. It will transform your vice mm-hmm. into virtue. Like we say that a person is living a good life, but even a person living, you know, the greatest secular good is still in the grand scheme of things. Like we are, um, uh, we are a, a potentiality waiting to be released into the world. And one of the cool things that, that we witness to and we testify to here at Damascus. If you, if you follow us on social media, you'll see testimonies to this effect, right? That we don't have to wait until heaven to see that reality really, truly manifested. And true, we, we live in this here now, not yet kingdom right now where, uh, where we get this glimpse and this promise and we're always wrestling with attention to the fact that it hasn't yet been fulfilled. But there's also parts that that have been fulfilled and that are fulfilled. And the promise that we have is that when when the end of time comes, if I'm in relationship with Jesus, that that means that that this fallen body gets replaced with a resurrected body, a resurrected body who uh, is is has is filled with supernatural power that that manifests the charisms of the spirit in a way that I can only dream right now, right? That can that can do the works that Jesus did and do greater works than these. Who can who can lay hands on the sick and the sick will be healed? Who speaks the word and 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 God's word flows forth, right? That these are realities that when we enter into relationship with Jesus, that can be manifest in our lives. And and we see uh, we see examples every day here at Damascus and in various other places in the church where, you know, yeah. Do you want to see the issues and the problems in your life transformed? Great. You can be that solution because God has equipped you with a supernatural grace to be able to change the world. Yeah. And that comes through a relationship with Jesus and a surrender to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I love that. Cause it, cause it orients us towards excellence. Like there's a, like human flourishing comes when we're aiming at something that transcends us. And without Jesus, even the goodness that we're attaining is ultimately unto the end that is us. Yep. And we don't flourish until we get outside of that. Aaron, you always bring up that, that quote from Gaudium et Spes where, um, where John Paul II writes so notably that like we, we come to find ourselves through a sincere gift of ourselves. And that, that's what allows humans to flourish is when we, 
when we actually serve something. And that, that's what, what I think is what is sticking out to me about what you're saying, Aaron, is when I say yes to Jesus, I'm serving him, not me. Mm-hmm. And that allows me to be a gift every day because I'm serving something that's not just my own end. I think we, if we look at this question from the lens of evangelization, we would often, like, we could say, okay, why this person's life looks like it's well put together. They're, they're a good person. Like, why do they need Jesus? And, and it, it can almost seem silly to evangelize the person whose life is put together. And I, as I said earlier, sometimes I feel like my life isn't perfect, you know? Like, and I, so who am I to say, like, this person whose life is put together well, maybe my life is struggling in ways that theirs isn't even. But Jesus just is, he's not a, psych, he's not a psych, psychology to help us, like, live every day uh, at peace with ourselves. He's not a, a morality and an ethic. It, it, this is a relationship that will absolutely transform you. Yeah. And, and so it's like, do do you want to live in this relationship with with God Himself forever? And um, yeah. it would be silly to say like, "Hey, I found the best person ever to have a relationship with," and I don't want you to have that relationship with. Them. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, who watches Spider Man? Is like, man, I I want to be the Peter Parker who never gets bit. <laughs> yeah, right. No, no, we, you want to be. We want to. We want to live life fully alive. We want to manifest our potential. That's right. And that's what the Lord promises. Yeah, I would even say it's not even, but it's not even about getting the the, the radioactive spider bite that I've gotten transformed. It is about that, but it, it it's simply like that you were designed for all of eternity to be in communion with the Trinity. And so if like you weren't designed for all of eternity to to be to be good, like it, like it, 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 from a moral perspective, like that, or even from the psychological perspective of yeah. like, yeah. You, you're at peace with like with life, right? It's like all of those things, like you were designed for relationship and, and community with the Trinity, and it's only in Him that you find that. And, well, and that and that's what the dynamism flows from is yeah. from the fact that I'm caught up in the Trinity. I right. was just thinking when you were speaking, Aaron, about um, that line that from Scripture in the Gospel of John that we quote all the time that you will do greater work than these, like the works that I do in greater works than these, um, is what Jesus says. And we look at that in the, the, the church militant a lot, like here, think about that through the lens of the church triumphant, like just mm. think about the saints. Okay. So Jesus, what he promises is those who stay yoked to me, those who believe in me, the saints will do the works that I have done and greater works than these, like through the intercession of St. Paul, what, what's happened in the world? probably more than Jesus did in his earthly life. So all of a sudden now, when we, when we look at the beauty of Catholic theology in light of all of this, it's like, yeah, because they're living life fully alive. They're caught up in the midst of the Trinity. All the grace from the Trinity is flowing through them to us. And that's what he wants to do with us here again, in a here now, not yet way, but they are, they're there, they're seeing it. And like, they are doing the works that Jesus did and greater works than these because they're one with him and close to the father, which is awesome. All right. So if we want to do great work, Works for the glory of God. That is what we call mission momentum. Yes. So, what are we going to do this week uh, to allow? Like, what's our what's our challenge? What's our mission momentum? I want to go first works? because right. I'm passionate about it. I, I want to challenge us this week to to speak the gospel to someone in your life, to to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That Jesus is the way by which we achieve everything that was destined for human flourishing. Like everything that we're looking for in our lives. All the desires of our heart at the deepest level are searching for him. And so if it's, if it's one of your kids that might be 
be wrestling with the faith, if it's your spouse who might be wandering a little bit away from uh, the faith that you guys have claimed as your own, uh, if it's if it's someone at work who you know is interested in spiritual conversations, but you've never just said, hey, you know, here's the reason I believe in Jesus, because he's changed my life. And in the same way that he died and rose again on the third day, when I felt dead in my sin and complacency, he changed my life and rose me to a new person. And I want to share that with you because I see all that capacity in you too. And so like, I just want to encourage one, one person in your life, share with him the good news of Jesus and use his name and use the story and make it human. Like I just tried to, but it doesn't have to be a 30 minute thing, but share it with some. Love that, Brad. Uh, Dan, you go second. Cause mine's the best ever. Oh man. Okay. I love that. I was preaching at a conference a, a few weeks ago and, uh, the activation during our prayer time, I had them ask, uh, the father who, who are three people you want me to share the name of Jesus with? And, uh, I asked the father, who are three people you want me to share the name of Jesus with? And he gave me two people, um, two, two of the names, uh, they, they weren't even Christian and, and they were people who were actually living pretty awesome lives and, mm. uh, their life was well put together and they were really genuinely good people. And I was like, Man, that this is an awkward conversation, and so it, it was beautiful because I I decided to to reach out to those people on, on a phone call and have a conversation with them. And one, I asked Father, how do how do you want me to share your name with them? And um, the Lord just gave me a book to to suggest <laughs> that they read, and it was it was awesome because I just said, Hey, I know you're not Christian, and I, I like I'm not trying to push this on you, but I think this book will actually bless you, and. Um, and uh, she read the book and she got back in touch with me. I was like, hey, this actually really did bless me. Thank you so much. And um, huh. and so I think just those, uh, so Mission Momentum, ask the Father for th- to reveal three people he wants you to share the name of Jesus with and then say, okay, Father, how, how do you want, do you me, to want me to share the name of Jesus? Hmm. And then do it. Great. Okay, mine is uh, this week, I want you to... Think about one person who impacted your life profoundly by sharing the name of Jesus with you, uh, who, hmm. who started you along your journey or who played a pivotal part. Hmm. And I want to invite you to go back and take an opportunity to earnestly thank them mm-hmm. for the investment they made in you and for leading them along the path to salvation. I love that. Oh, wow. That was These the are best good one. one ever. Yes, that good was job, that Aaron. actually was really good. <laughs> well, yeah, just to honor people. It, it does matter. That's awesome. Okay, so that heresy we spoke of at the beginning is called <laughs> universalism. It's the, the heresy that everyone is going to heaven as long as they're, they're basically pretty a good, good. person. Yeah. This is a heresy, and it is prevalent in our world today. So we have to share the name of Jesus. And like there are a lot of complacent Catholics out there that aren't sharing the name of Jesus. And so sharing this episode would light a little fire under their butt to become missionary. Share this episode with other complacent, lukewarm Catholics. If you're realizing or, or other sh- awesome Catholics, if someone did yeah. share this if with you, share this with you. And you're like, Let's oh, get wait, in the game. Whoops, that's awkward. Hey, yeah, get in the game. Yeah. Um, Let's be missionary together. You've been listening to Beyond Damascus, where uh, encounter meets mission. Here on Beyond Damascus, we believe that mission mission makes makes sense. sense. Bam, let's do it. It makes sense because eternal souls are at stake. So brothers and sisters, thank you so much for joining us. Join us next week, and hopefully we've shared the gospel with someone by then. God bless.